I'm Caleb Bro. This is the Heir of Grievances podcast. As the prophecies foretold, I have my interview with Jay Baker for you today. Um, I do apologize for the delayed release of this episode. Kind of predictable of me, I guess. I, I do hate being predictable. But um, I think that it's well worth the wait. As you'll be able to tell in the interview, I was a bit starstruck, at least at the top of it. Um, but the interview quickly kind of transformed into my own personal uh, therapy session with Jay. And and I just I can't thank him enough. He's honestly, I feel like he is the picture-perfect image of what a pastor should be. He's definitely one of my favorite Christians of all time, uh, right up there with Jesus on the top of my list. Uh, but anyhow, I can't, yeah, I can't plug this enough. Um, I can't thank Jay enough uh, for this amazing, amazing time that he spent with me in my meager, humble apartment here in Minnesota. So here we go. I won't waste any more time introducing the man who needs no introduction, Jay Baker. But I have to listen to the advice that I give. Oh, right. That's like the hardest part of it. DBT, people are like, what would you say to yourself if you... Would you say this to a friend or whatever? Would you say that to a friend? Oh, man. When you're talking to yourself in your own head? Yeah. Would you say that to somebody you care about? Would you say that to somebody at your church? Oh, dude. She asks me all the time. Oh, my God. I'm like, no. Would you think that someone's a loser because they have, you know, because they can't... Because they have, like, psychological... Yeah, or they can't handle financial issue or they can't handle this or that, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, I'm such a fucker, mm-hmm. such a piece of shit, you know. And, Same. And uh, like, I wouldn't say that about anybody. Yeah, right. Like, would you say that to someone you care about? That's the, yeah. That's the biggest one. That kind of. Well, I don't care about myself. Yeah. <laughs> Here's your headphones. Stormtrooper headphones. Yeah, something like that. Burr, burr, burr. Can you hear? Yeah. Do you want me to move this, or um, do you have it set up uh, the way you want it? I think you can move it. Yeah, you can do whatever you want, whatever's coming. I just wasn't sure. No, yeah, you can do whatever you need. You're getting the reading. Yeah, totally. You can move it closer if you want, or you can you can do whatever you want. You know? Yeah. <laughs> sound like around DXP, drunk ex pastors. That's just, that like that's anyway? just sound meeting, effects. Meeting those guys. Oh, sound effects. Okay. Is it? They have a little sound effect board yeah, <laughs> for their take a shot. They hit the button. <laughs> it, was, it was. It's weird because they live in a mansion. Oh, do they really? I guess so. I guess, it's like yeah. a giant when house. You did it. Yeah. And I guess his ex wife. Oh, she lives like in the cabana yeah. or in the back. Yeah. Or she did, I guess, and when you did I guess they have episode. a lot of roommates. Oh, really? I don't know. No it's a really big place. Really wow. big place. And we did, it inter- we did the interview in his bedroom. Oh, wow. Really? It was like little couches, okay. like little couches set up like this. So you compare my place to, yeah. to, to Christian and Jason. And I was place. drinking iced ice tea. <laughs> yeah. Pure Leaf iced tea. Nice. They took me to the grocery store beforehand Oh, because really? I don't drink. See, that's a good call, man. That's what I should have done instead of just getting you a Diet Coke at, at McDonald's or whatever. I know. I'm going to have a panic attack. I'm yeah. Like all caffeine, no food. <laughs> all, yeah, caffeine, all caffeine, no food. Maybe I should eat these ketchup packs. Yeah. Down those real quick. I hear they, uh, they have their own recipe with like Heinz or whatever, like the ketchup place. Oh, the spe- is that why it's special? Yeah. Like it gives you like addicted to it or whatever. What? They got like, I don't know. I don't know how true that is. Just says ketchup. Oh, look on. at it. What, what make is it? Is it the same McDonald's? Oh yeah, you're right. It's not. It used to Heinz. say fancy ketchup. You, yeah, I think you're right. Doesn't it seem like it's like really syrupy though, like really sugary? Yeah, it does. Yeah, their French fries are salty. Yeah, they're really salty. Sound effects. Sound effects. Sound effects. I gotta make sure I eat before I go home. Okay. Yeah, for sure. My wife is going to be... Did he feed you? No, she was like, eat before you go. She's like, stop at Jimmy John's before you go. And yeah. I was like, 
okay, sure. And then I was like, um, I want a taco bell. Up. Yeah. Like, oh, that's where you asked me if there was a taco bell, bell close to my Yeah, because I was like getting the oh, craving. Oh, man. Uh, I should have taken the hint, dude. Because uh, I don't get out. Oh, really? Usually on weeknights. Go skateboarding. Like tonight, we usually we go dinner. We have dinner tonight. Okay. And then we just put the kids to bed. So she's putting the kids to bed on her own. That was nice of her. Yeah. That was she nice She seems really her. nice. That one time I met her. She's super nice. Yeah. Yeller. Hello. That's good. That's pretty cool how that lights up like that. Oh, isn't that cool? Yeah. What is this? This is like the cheapest thing you can get. It's a hundred bucks. Oh, okay. It's just like two microphone channels. It's, let me plug it here, see if I can get some money from them. The Scarlet 2. Nice. Yeah, Generation 2. So when do you want to start? Uh, I guess we can, if you want, man. Sure. Yeah. Are you a vapor? Yeah, man, I oh, am. Oh, man. Is it like a millennial thing or something? Yeah, it's a yeah. millennial thing. Is it? Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. That's hilarious. I know, right? Look at that thing. It's like digital. You can like hear it. Oh, that's weird. You know, I quit by just using those lozenges. Dude, those are powerful. Yeah. yeah. I one time was with Karen's parents in Switzerland, and I was sucking them down. Oh, no. And all of a sudden, and I you just, just got hit. <laughs> I just got hit, and I turned green, and I like had to crap so Oh, bad. dude. I was just like, oh, my it God. all hit me at once. All that nicotine, yeah. And I was like, oh, I got to get to the bathroom. <laughs> you know? And yeah. Karen's like, are you okay? I'm like, just get me to a bathroom. Oh, dude. In Switzerland? Yeah. No At way. a museum, because I was just... With her folks? Yeah, oh, I was quit, quitting smoking. I used to love to smoke cigarettes. Yeah. How old were you when you started? What was your like, excuse? Probably kind of 11 yourself? or 12. Oh, really? Probably. That young? Was it when you started drinking? Yeah. Oh, really? I thought it was super cool. Yeah, right. And now I have asthma, so... My excuse in my head was I was a pizza delivery driver, and I wanted to like be able to smoke weed on my routes or whatever. And I had to cover the smell by, like, smoking cigarettes, I told myself. Like, that was the gymnastics I did in my own Stoner head. Stoner pizza delivery. Dude, I was. I was, man. I guess we've started. I don't know. It's up to Should you. Should I do, like, a formal introduction or something? I don't know how you do this. Introducing no. my next guest, my pastor, Jay Baker. How do you do this? Do you want to hear my music? Sure. Okay. of questions right um, in your head. I can pull them up, the ones I sent you. No, you don't have to. I'm but, just... see, now you, you got me thinking, like, maybe I should. Do whatever um, you need to do. You know what? You don't have to. Yeah, I don't have to, do Joy. Nope. Uh, yeah, I'm not a great podcaster, so I don't really, I don't have a format, but, let's see, I'm, I'm just talking trash about myself again. Yep. You know that game, right? But, um, too much. Yeah. What brought you here, man? What brought you to Minneapolis? My wife got a job working here in Minnesota, and we were living in Brooklyn, New York, and... You're doing Revolution from there? Yeah, I was doing yeah. Revolution in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. and... Is that where you started it, or...? No, no. started Revolution in Arizona, gosh, in like 1994? Four, yeah. Yeah, so she got a job, and I said, okay, not thinking. 
You know, Minnesota's just crazy yeah, living it here. It's it so is, cold. Yeah. Like, even the makes the winters in New York seem Oh, right. Tame. Like how it is right now? Yeah. I mean, what you was it, like, three degrees today? In New York. But, yeah, it was, it's, it was three degrees when I woke up. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I think it was at a high of yeah. 10 degrees, maybe. I think so, yeah. So. The sun's beating down on you. Yeah. 10 degrees Fahrenheit. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So, that's a little bit of a torture, but the it's, weather's supposed to get... You know, that's all you do in Minnesota is talk about the weather. It is, isn't it? So it's See, supposed we fell to get better. Well, I know. <laughs> First thing in, that's a real good sign. That's the intro, yeah. Talking about the weather. Great. So what's next? Uh, yeah, what is next? Could you tell me about, like, we started talking, because usually after church, with air quotes, Yeah. you know, we'll like, grab a bite to eat and start, we are talking about circumcision last All right. <laughs> And I was like, dude, save it for the podcast. Like, how do you think that shit got started? Who got it in their head and told their friends, like, we got to start cutting the tips of our God. Off. God got it Do you it think you got head. that ball rolling? That's what they say. Yeah. Um, that's, it was to separate themselves, literally, to separate themselves. Who's going to see that, though? Like, how does that I don't know. I don't like know. You know, the Gauls, which are the Galatians, supposedly fought naked. Now, I don't know if that has anything to do with okay. circumcision, but yeah. they fought naked. You know, I'm sure if you had someone like Rob Bell, yeah, he could probably he could probably tell you exactly why. Could you call Pete up real quick? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think Pete would know call why they circumcised. Rollins. Circumcision started, but <laughs> I think Rob Bell would. Yeah, he probably... He's probably he could, had some awesome talk yeah, about like, it. Yeah, they would make you at the end be like nodding. Like, like yes, that's a great yes. reason. It's hard. Gonna, he's hard to take notes when you're listening to him. Oh, right. He is so deep. He's so Rabbit good. Holes. Yeah, I'm sure he does have one of those. About circumcision? Yeah. Did you go to seminary? No. No. Yeah, I go to, I go to seminary. Oh, do you? Yeah. No I take way. A class. I, I like take a class a semester, so do it's not really? like super going okay. to seminary, but taking a Paul Tillich class. And a Are you really? Class. Really? And uh, I just took a spiritual formation class. And there's a class coming up on Jesus and just all the different views of Jesus on uh, Jesus. Like the the historical? Well, some Jesus. like historical views of Jesus and mystical views oh, of wow. Jesus and that different like theological. Yeah, so I'm hoping to take that very soon. Heard great things about that class. So, yeah, yeah. I uh, You introduced me to Tillich, honestly. That's how I started listening to your podcast was you reading Tillich sermons, yeah. Yeah, that was... That was my introduction to... Pretty crazy. To Jay Baker. Especially because I didn't know how to edit, so I had to like read the whole sermon all the way through, mm-hmm. which was really weird to it read did, like yeah. four pages with dyslexia. He's got three books that are collections of his sermons. Mm. Okay. And uh, they're really good. They're really, I really highly recommend people check those out. One is called Shaking the okay. Foundations. I can't remember what the other two are called off the top of my head. I think, isn't Pete doing like a study on Tillich? Right yeah, now? he's doing a study on The Courage to Be, which is one of Tillich's most be. Oh, popular yeah, yeah, books. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's like a book book, right? Like that's not... Yeah, that's like, a book yeah, book. Yeah, yeah. And he, and it's really, it's, it's a really dense book. And it's hard to believe that it was popular in the 1960s, but... Right. That's kind of People seem to be smarter then. Yeah, I'm on Pete's patreon and i get hit like his little notes and stuff or whatever yeah and he's like one of the last great philosophers who was popular during his time 
Yeah. It's like the introduction to the book or whatever, and I was like, wow, that's really good. We don't really have that anymore nowadays. No. He was on the cover of Time Magazine when it mattered. Because the only philosopher really cool. I'm at all tapped into right now is like Caputo. But he's, I mean, I don't know, man, if he's, if you could even call him a philosopher or if he's more yeah, of a no, I think you definitely call him a philosopher. You think so? Yeah. Yeah. Even though he's kind of theologian-y? Yeah, but that's what Tillich was. He was a philosopher theologian. Okay. So hmm. you could call him a theologian too. Yeah. But I think you could definitely call him a philosopher. If you try to read Caputo's books, definitely philosophy. Yeah. And he's inspired by philosophers. So I brought up seminary. I actually, I have a direction here. Okay. You'll, it'll come It'll come to fruition. I was wondering, is the most popular theory on like Genesis that Moses wrote it? You're looking down. You're like, where is he going with it? <laughs> no, I'm just thinking. He's going in a bad way. But if he comes down and he's like, hey, guys, I was just talking to God up there, and I saw his hand poke out of this cloud, and it wrote on this stone tablet here, and I brought it back down here, guys. And he's he's like claiming, like, I just saw this hand poking out of this cloud, and someone wrote it down. Yeah. Isn't the burden of proof kind of on him, or...? If he's the one who wrote, I don't know if he wrote it. Or well, not. supposedly he came down and he had glory on his face. What does that even mean? Like his face was shining. Shi- oh, okay. All right. And then yeah. he started to lose that, and he, he started to wear a hood because he was starting to lose the glow. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not great with the Old Testament. Yeah, I probably shouldn't bring it up. No, <laughs> no, it's good. Expose me as the charlatan as I am. Ah, uh, charlatan, you. Charlatan uh, North Carolina. Yep, yeah. Charlotte, North Carolina. That's where I was born. <laughs> Charleston. 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 Is that a place? It is a place. Is it? I don't know. That's where I was born. PTL was your parents' thing, right? Yep, I went to school. Where was there. that going down? Like that was in North Carolina, North Carolina, South Carolina. Okay. Border, so, okay. was it the first like televangelism? Well, there was other televangelists, but my dad was one of the first, and um, then he was definitely one of the biggest, mm. especially it didn't hurt that he had like a place, a park that people could come visit. There was like hotels and a theme park kind of thing, like water park, and hmm. it's called Heritage USA. It was Oh, Heritage, okay. Yeah. Okay. So it was pretty cool. It was really weird to yeah. grow up there. I bet. I was going to ask you about that, yeah. Yeah, you know, like arcades and restaurants and... I had to have security all the time, mm. so I had to have bodyguards. Oh, wow, that would mess with your head, huh? Yeah, so that was really weird, you know, and that was all from when I was born until about 11 years old. That was my reality. School was there as well, too, so I went to school there. In the, like... In the, pro- uh, the in property. The heritage? No yeah, way, heritage Academy. Man. Can you tell me about that? Well, what do you want to know? I just wish I could see, like, a snapshot of, of what that was like. Would you compare it to any other private school, you think? Yeah, it was, like, another, any private schools, I think, like, a Christian private schools. Okay. It used, okay, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. homeschool-type curriculum. Okay. I think it was called PACES. I'm thinking of Becca. A-C-E. And we used a Becca, too, later. Did you use a Becca? Pace, you went at your own pace. And then a Becca came later and okay. kind of threw everybody off because we were all on this pace system. Um. It was pretty, It's. I think it's pretty normal to most Christian schools. It wasn't yeah. uniformed or anything like oh, that. Oh, it wasn't? Oh, okay. No. See, I went to a uniformed private school. I did too after we lost the ministry, my parents' scandal and all that happened. I went to a private school. Were you still in like uh, North Carolina, South Carolina? Kind no, of? I was in California at that oh, time. Oh, okay. See, so, I should know this. I no. Have, if I'd done half a minute of research. No, I don't, I don't think that's common knowledge unless you read my first book that came out like 20 years ago is it uh son of a preacher man yeah okay 
Okay. I got a uh, fall to grace for my mom. Has she heard from her since she gave it to her? Um, she hasn't read any of it yet. That's probably good. But I don't know. What's the, what's the, the guts of that one? Would you say? Fall to grace. Yeah. Grace. Just the idea of inclusion mm. in that accepting your accepted kind of thing. Oh, wow. um, yeah. I end with one of Tillich's sermons in that book. Do you really? Yeah. Called Do You Are Accepted. So it was just a book about grace. Mm. You know, it was a little bit more Christian than probably my third book. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it was just kind of like basics of grace. Kind of a how-to or like from a Christian or biblical? Yeah, there was a lot of Bible in there. Should probably like it then. Yeah. I mean, I tried to support my stuff biblically, but mm. of course I also think I support why I'm LGBTQ affirming okay. and things like that. Yeah, she might biblically not as well. be a huge fan of that. But. but, you know, it's a challenge. When did you like come to terms with where you were at on all that? That was maybe 14 years ago. Mm. So like early 2000s or something? Yeah, early 2000s. And um, it took a while. You know, because you just grow up hearing one thing your whole life, and then all right, of a sudden right, you start yeah. thinking a different way. Mm. And then I thought yeah, you had right. to run it all through the Bible. Did you do that like after the fact to try to justify where you were at, or was that part of coming? To no, terms it was part of coming to terms with where was it really? I was at. Yeah. Mm. So that was during the time, you know, and I went over and just fine tooth combed the sermons the, or the clobber scriptures. Those are the ones that supposedly say, you know, male, oh, yeah, male, right. or Romans right, one, right. or. From the New Testament or the... Old and New. Yeah. But mostly old, but a few in the New. And uh, tried my best to read them in context. I think that's mm, what I like mm. is that I was a literalist at the time when I came oh, to I being affirming. I believe really? that the Bible was 100% true. Yeah. And so that's why I figured like I had to, it had to be there biblically before I could be okay with it, you know? Were you looking to be okay with it or was it... Did it just like come up on your radar and you were like, oh, well, let's really dive into no, this? No, I mean, I just had a lot of friends who were LGBTQ. My mom was speaking at a lot of gay churches. So yeah, it got me curious to do my own study. And it was kind of amazing what I was finding out, that the concept of sexuality is not really even something the Bible understands. You know, it's more of a Freudian concept. So context is a lot. So yeah, it was, uh, it was interesting. So, and it used to matter to me. It used to matter to, to argue those scriptures and things like that. And now, you know, it's not as big of a deal to me to argue the scriptures. Yeah. I don't take the Bible completely literally. Completely, so yeah. There's certain things that the Bible says that I can feel like I'm allowed to disagree with. Because Paul said, God's no respecter of man. And why would God's favorite people write the Bible? Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And I believe there's forgeries in the Bible. Right. So, mm-hmm. I like the pastoral epistles, I think, are not Paul, and not very Paul at all, but, you know. What made you first be okay with not agreeing with the Bible 100%, I guess? Can I ask you that? I know, yeah. I mean, I just don't know what, but the, it was just slow, you know? It was going like, oh, how do I believe mm. this? And how do I accept this with this? And how do I balance the grace message with this other message that seems like condemning? and right. I started asking those questions. Then I started reading books by, I read some Bart Ehrman, you know, and read some books written about the Bible and people who were professors and spent their whole life studying the Bible and, you know, realizing like it's common knowledge that Paul didn't write Titus or Timothy or first, you know, like it's common knowledge. 
but I wasn't raised knowing that. Mm. Like even if you read more what I, my parents would have considered liberal theologians, uh-huh. you know, or commentaries, it's in there. A liberal. Yeah, my dad calls me liberal. Yeah, he knows I'm liberal. I didn't mean to interrupt your thought there. No. What were you saying? No, I'm just saying it's like in commentaries oh, okay. and stuff. So even in probably somewhat more conservative commentaries oh, have wow, some of yeah. that stuff in there where you question who wrote what oh, and yeah. how it got in there. But people believe just because it's in there, then it's inspired because it got put in the collection mm-hmm. in the canon. Is that Nicaea? Because that's something I was asking I don't know if my dad's the best person to ask about this, honestly, but I, I was asking him when I was back home uh, for the holidays, I was asking him if we had the Catholic Bible first and then we notched that down to the Protestant Bible or if they added those extra canonical books or whatever. Do you know the answer to that? No, I no, don't know you the don't answer know. that. Okay. I have some Bibles with the uh, Apocrypha in Apocrypha, it. Apocrypha, that's the word, yeah. And some without it. You know, I was, of course, raised to believe that that wasn't part of the Bible. Yeah, right, right. So Same, yeah. This is stuff that we could Google real easy. Yeah, we could probably look it up. I mean, I brought it up. I might as well. I'm going to look it up right now. Apocrypha. How do you spell that? <laughs> Ask the dyslexic person. Yeah. Okay, books of the Apocrypha. Oh, this sounds good. Do you think we should trust uh, Wikipedia? Yep. Okay. <laughs> Apocrypha are works written of unknown authorship or doubtful origin. Biblical Apocrypha is a set of texts included in the Latin Vulgate and the Septuagint, but are not in the Hebrew Bible. While a Catholic considers them deuterocanonical, well, there you go. Protestants consider them apocryphal. Secret or non-canonical is the Latin. Oh, weird. Yeah. It's from the Greek adjective to obscure or to hide away. That's strange. Isn't that weird? Yeah, that mm. seems like a whole worth a whole bunch of studying. So, um, where are the other pastors that you started Revolution with? Where are they at now? And when I say where they're at, I mean like as far as their internal kind of worldview, like their barometer. I don't know. No? You know, um, I know me and Kelly think a lot alike. She's pretty neat person. I haven't talked to Mike or Heather in years, so I don't know where they're at. I'm the only one left doing revolution. Mm, yeah, okay. So Yeah. What would you say like revolution is about if it's about anything? For me it's about grace. It's yeah. about understanding grace. It's about accepting grace for yourself, mm. accepting others and hopefully allowing people to come who don't subscribe necessarily to what I believe or what I think, whether it be non-belief or conservative belief, but just a place where people can come and see someone who still respects the Bible Mm -hmm. um, and uses the Bible as a primary tool to bring a message. Um, But mostly it's, you know, to me it's about grace and acceptance and helping people accept that they're accepted Mm -hmm. and doing Mm -hmm. that biblically. Wow, yeah. So that's That's what revolution's about, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, Yeah. It's a big mission statement. You know, you know, so it makes people uncomfortable and messes with that and mm-hmm. provocateur, you know, yeah. be provocative a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I never know because of so many of the people are online listeners, so I don't right. know exactly what, it, what it's right? doing, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, in New York, we'd have more people walking in off the street or just coming in because they heard something about mm-hmm. us. Okay. So that was a little bit more organic yeah 
What do you think that Minneapolis lacks that New York had as far as that, like that aspect? Of I it? don't think it's what Minnesota lacks. I think it's what Minnesota has. I think oh, Minnesota I has a lot more liberal denominations and congregations. Mm. And, okay. And so people here are not, you know. You're not like the sore thumb. Yeah, you know. No, I mean, I feel like one of, you know, just one of very many progressive believers. I see progressive and talk to progressive people and meet progressive people here all the time. Mm. And in New York, there are progressive people, but there's still conservative people. There's all sorts of different, you know, you can throw a rock and hit a different religion. But you have so many people who are from so many different places it's such a melting pot okay people traveling from all over the place so i would meet people who maybe listen to us online from wherever they were from you know and then they decided to come check it out so it was interesting because then people also visit new york Mm. and it was definitely a, a high for the church you know i really enjoyed doing it there is that when like the numbers were biggest no the numbers were probably biggest in atlanta Okay. And I really enjoyed doing it in Atlanta, too. It was just a different vibe and a different group of people. You know, a lot of younger people when I was in Atlanta. Oh, interesting. Why do you think that was? Was that like the, the pastors? Uh, yeah, I think it was because I was younger, too. Oh, okay. You know, I yeah. was 23, 24, 25. And so the people who were coming were in their early 20s. So mm-hmm. I kind of feel like I attracted that. You were know. you affirming at that time? Um, I became affirming in Atlanta. Okay. So, yes and no. So, okay. you know, there was a part of time. But I was never against it. I was never against anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, I just never had that in my, yeah. my. you know, I wasn't like, oh, sinners or oh, mm-hmm. atheists or oh, LGBTQ people, you know. Mm-hmm. They need to change. You know, I always accepted people just the way they were. And um, my mm-hmm. mom and dad kind of taught me that was to love Did people they really? just the way they were. Yeah. Oh, man, that's a hard pill to swallow for me. Well, love was always, you know, supposed to be what won. Love was always, Jesus loves you was the was the trump card of, of everything. Yeah. That's what I was taught. Okay. So I was taught legalism and things like that, too, mostly from people who worked for my parents more than my parents. Like but, in school? and Yeah, by yeah. teachers oh, same, and yeah. by youth pastors and, yeah. you know, I've thought you know i'd come home and think the rapture happened and yeah you know, be terrified <laughs> if nobody was home man um, yeah that happened to me too yeah mm-hmm. so you know so you were getting that from your folks yeah i mean a lot of a lot of that came from my folks is like i just didn't have a judgmental attitude towards people and because i grew up in such like a seeker sensitive environment i see you know, okay. I always wanted to be around people who weren't church people anyway. Because of your parents? I mean, my parents played a big part of that, yeah. Okay. But also wanting to do something different. Yeah. Be in a church and not be... I wanted to, you know, reach out to people where they were at. Okay, wow. Yeah. People weren't having churches as much in bars, and people weren't doing coffee shop churches. And, you know, Is that what you were doing? doing? Yeah. Oh, okay. So In Atlanta? Yeah, we met in a... Well, we've met in different places. We met in a place that was... We worked with the homeless in safe house for a long time, and then we met at a, a couple clubs in Atlanta. You know, we were in a bar in, in Brooklyn. We were in a bar here. I mean, we're in a bowling alley, but it's a bar, restaurant. Yeah, I like that location, honestly. Yeah, it's just trying to find common ground with people mm. and yeah. get connected to 
I think of before it was easier to get connected to the community. You know, mm. now that I'm in my 40s and I've got two kids that yeah. are, you know, under three <laughs> mm. that I have to take care mm. of, it's harder to, you know, just hang out in the community. And it's harder to know, for me, at least in Minnesota, mm-hmm. to know where the community is. What is the community? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? So in yeah. like Atlanta, you know, I kind of just picked a part of town that I liked and hung out there. And maybe that's what I should do here. Um, yeah. You know, maybe not reinvent the wheel. But, you know, I also picked a part of town in New York where it was easy to get around. Oh, okay. Because I never went with the idea of like, oh, I'm going to win New York to Jesus, you know. Yeah. I'm just like, I'm going to be in a spot and talk about my stuff. Mm-hmm. What was the first part of that, like, legalism that you were taught that you let yourself like start to question or let or let yourself, I guess, kind of cast dispersion on. I don't know if that's a valid question. No, all, it's good. I mean, I probably things like the rapture when I started to ask questions. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. does this make sense yeah. or does it In make sense to Bible, not love certain people? And then hell and yeah, trying to make sense of that all loving God that you know yeah. gives you a choice between being loved or going to hell. Yeah. You know, those are things that mm-hmm. I started questioning a lot. Mm-hmm. So I think it's in Romans or Acts where the two people get struck down because they lied about the money. They lied oh, about right, it. right. And yeah. um, I used to have a hard time with that because yeah. I was like, oh, they're Same. under new covenant. Why are they being held accountable and being struck down by God? Right, after yeah. Jesus. Isn't it straight theory. up God just like lightning bolts? Yeah, him? yeah, that's what it says. So, you know, things like that started questioning, but it was tough. It was really tough to shake, to start questioning those things because I was told not to my whole life. Yeah. So, Do you feel like you kind of got the a snowball rolling that you couldn't control the avalanche from? No. I still probably am somewhat conservative compared to a lot of my friends, maybe just because of the fact that I still believe in this stuff. But, what do you mean uh, by this stuff? Christianity and Jesus and, Jesus and yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, not all the time. I can't say I believe all the time. Mm-hmm. I got a lot of doubt. But, yeah. you know, and that I'm still teaching the Bible. You know, yeah. I'm not like trying to be like, and then Kant said and Lacan said, and, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But it's also because I don't have that level of education as well, so. I don't know. You think that if, if you had all that education, you'd be somewhere else? Maybe. Maybe I'd be more doing the type of theology that Pete's doing. I don't know. You know, yeah. I'm doing what's in my wheelhouse and what yeah. I'm comfortable doing and what I know to do and challenging myself and trying to challenge others who might be in a similar state, you know? Yeah, right. I so, know, man. Yeah, I, I mean, I've read Tillich and I've read, you know, other philosophers and theologians and, you know... I like what Luther said a lot about the Bible. Mm. You know, I don't like everything Luther said, obviously. Right. But I liked what Luther wrote about grace in the Bible. But he was medieval, you know, medieval. So it was like, it's not that progressive when you're yeah. Going like, yeah, I like a 500-year-old theologian. Oh, that um, Lu- I th- I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about uh, Junior. No, well, Martin Luther Jr. Junior. as well. Is, but, you know, he was also a big fan of Paul Tillich. Was he a fan of Tillich? Yep. Mm. Yes, he was. Where's Tillich at on the uh, on the theist atheist spectrum? I guess I don't know. I mean, he says ground is God is the ground of all being. Yeah, that's I like that one because you can't really and you can't the, deny the existence of. And then the God the that shows up when the God that disappears in the anxiety of doubt, you know, is God. So 
Whoa. Did you unpack that one? No. No? I've tried. I mean, Pete's unpacking that one right now, Mm. and he's doing a whole separate... Now he's doing a whole separate seminar on it. Is he really? Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess the God that shows up when the other God, when your God of your understanding disappears. That's Mm. what I would say if I want to unpack that. Mm. The God that I've grasped and understood and raised with is kind of... Or other people created yeah. for me. I feel like, honestly, man, I feel like that's where I'm at right now, is that is that God has disappeared and I'm just like kind of spinning. Well, I mean... What the fuck is real? To me, if God is God, then God is bigger than all that. Oh, and man, yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Is that what you're which, faced with now? Like, Yeah. Is that the God that you're looking at? Yeah, God greater than my understanding. Mm. For some reason, that's comforting to me. I don't know why. You know, well, it's... It's comforting to me, you know, it's because it's, it's, I'm a finite human being trying to understand the infinite. Yeah. That's beautiful. Like, yeah. You know, so there's that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think you were starting to go this direction earlier, maybe, but if God is a loving father, then, you know, as a dad yourself, like, could you ever eternally like waterboard your kids or whatever? Like, could you I ever- couldn't do it for a second. Is that part of, of of God's character, like of a perfect father's character, is being able to to damn your fucking kids, like um, I don't know, or someone else's kids, even like not even your own kids, like could you damn any child? Could you <laughs> eternally, you know, torture? Know. I've been on the playground a few times. <laughs> kids, and like you could push the button like, when you see your kids one. hit the, your kids. <laughs> you get oh right, insane. yeah. yeah, yeah. Hey, no. no, man, that's a good point. But I could I don't think I could, no. I obviously couldn't do that to a, I mean, I couldn't do anything like that to a child. I love kids, and mm-hmm. you're watching their minds explode and trying to understand oh, life wow. in general. Just kind of vicariously. Yeah, and you see this, mm-hmm. and you watch this, and you go like, oh my gosh, they're just, wow. everything is so mm-hmm. new and yeah. <laughs> confusing and strange mm-hmm. and basic just oh, is you know there's no question of why mm-hmm. you know why are we here we just are here and it's just <laughs> so are those the type of questions that like milo asks you or is he putting those words together yet no no I mean, he likes the fact that i go to church but he doesn't know what church is you know and yeah he goes how was church you know when you come home yeah what do you think his picture of it is in his head I'm I'm really curious. I'm like I don't know. I think it's probably prospect. you know we've seen we've gone to bigger churches to see like Christmas music, and we went to one a parenting class at another big church, and they had like macaroni and cheese for the kids and cookies. So he probably thinks he churches with. with yeah with like singing and macaroni and cheese and cookies, <laughs> which maybe a lot of people do actually if you think about it. <laughs> That's great. You know, a lot of people go to church for the, the for pot the lux. cookies. Yeah, yeah, you know. For the fellowship. That's what we need more of at Revolution, man. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that would help bring people around. I feel like I could be helping to shoulder more of that, like being, I don't know, being the younger kind of like guy, like, come on, Jay, let's go. Young hip guy. I I get all these like cool ideas and I I just, I suck at executing any, I don't know if, maybe that's me getting down on myself, man. Maybe you gotta stop. Maybe make a list, yeah. Tearing yourself down and make a list. Prioritize. Yeah. If I email you a list, will it, can we make the first two things happen? You think? Yeah, I think so. I mean, if you just Between wrote it us. down on a piece of paper, that's the first step. Emailing huh? me is not going to oh. do much good. I'm See, horrible at email. Same, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I haven't. I mean, I haven't opened my inbox 
like I haven't read the most recent ten emails at any yeah. given time. I'm really. I think bad that's. That, I think that's related to the like depression and shit. Honestly, man. Like, yeah. Like, like responding to texts. I think I heard you on maybe on some podcast or on Revolution or something talking about that once about how when you're in a real bout of depression, like the effort it takes to to do your morning routine or like to to respond to to a phone message or to a text is like. It just wipes you out for the day. It does. It's, sometimes it takes me a day to return a t- day or two to return a text. You know, mm. just because I, I get it so yeah, overwhelmed. Much less an email. Yeah, because an email is like a whole letter, huh? Sometimes, yeah. yeah. I want to ask you what? Why is that? Like why? But I guess why is an email like a whole letter? I, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> why? Why is it such a burden? Like when you're when you're in depression? I don't know. I mean, washing my face is a burden when I'm in depression. You yeah. know, getting out of the bed. So it's just like anything else. Just something you have to do and something you have to think. And it's a connection with another human being. You know, and you're like having to answer. And you're having to put on the face. Yeah. And be like, hey, I'm happy. Or whatever, yeah. you know, give a bunch of information and you're like, man, I could barely take a shower, much less put yeah. the effort to give a bunch of information. And then if you're like me, it piles up and then you're just like, oh, I don't even know where to begin. Yeah. And that's no, where lists like that. yeah, start coming in for me is yeah. like, contact this person, contact this person, contact this mm. person. How long does it take you to check off that first thing, do you think? Well, sometimes I can check off the first thing in no time. But sometimes <laughs> yeah. it's that fifth thing that takes like, I've had stuff take... I had one thing that I think it took me seven months to to get off the, to list. Get off the list, and I keep looking back at all these lists, and the same thing is there. Yeah, right. And I just didn't want to deal with it because I had so much of my own baggage around it. Mm-hmm. What was that thing? So, Can I ask you that? I'd rather not. Say, okay, that's but, cool. That's cool. That's but, fair. That's but, more than fair. But man. it's you know that's more than fair. It's, it's nothing. But no, no, it's good because it's just something though that's on a to do list. So I think anybody can say put blank there and sometimes mm-hmm. things are emotional yeah right you know but yeah, sometimes yeah. i have to be like you know call your dad right you know that, that would be like number three on my list you know is like, so get back that, to my parents and that can take weeks yeah you know i mean me and my dad don't talk that often and it's funny when you know i have people online telling me how i should react and talk to my dad so right everybody has an opinion yeah. Um, who are those people that are the loudest? I on don't the know what do they who they are. Like, well, they just say, who the hell are they? Your dad's a heretic, or what happened to your dad, or wow. this or that, you know? They're like, hey, Jay, go tell your dad that he's a heretic or yeah, something. Yeah, well, they think I can change him. They have a lot more faith in me than, than uh, most people. I don't know. Like, have you ever tried to change your parents? I've given them books, like you yeah. said. You know, you gave them my book. I've given my dad books, you know? That's, yeah. That's my subtle way of my. Mm-hmm. Minnesota nice way of saying, nice, yeah. maybe think about this, uh-huh. you know? Like, I've sent him Tillett yeah. books. I sent him the sermon books. I sent him... Were they books that you've read? Yeah. See? Yeah. I give my parents books that I want to read. Oh, That's no. That's my you gotta problem, get parents, Yeah. You can, <laughs> they might be garbage. Well, yeah. I gave, I gave someone in my family What is the Bible by Rob Bell, but... I should have read it. Oh, you didn't you know, read it? I didn't it's read it, It's a good man. book. I didn't, it's really... See, that would be like number five on my list. If I, I made, would say that was a good thing. On my current list, if I made a list right if now. If people would write, read it, it would be really good. I think people kind of wrote off Rob after... Not pe- a lot of people, because Rob's still got a huge following. Yeah. But evangelicals wrote Rob off after Love Wins. Yeah. And that's too bad, because that was really, really... Um, Important. What the Bible says is a really important book oh, yeah, yeah, for yeah. people who are 
caught up on the Bible because right. it explains and gives you history of yeah. what the Bible is. And mm-hmm. have you read it? Yeah, I've read yeah. it. I've read it. Yeah. So I've you really think I should it. read it? Yeah. If I'm going to buy it for somebody else, I wanted to just like kind of <laughs> preach from that book. Maybe you should. It may be. I don't know. You guys know me. You know I love you. You know I hate to release a two-part episode. But I did want to go ahead and release this first half of the interview before it got to be too late, before too much time got behind it. Um, but I'm going to go. I'm gonna pull a Christian and Jason here and finish off this part one of the two-part interview with an audio poll from a show that those drunk ex-pastors got me into. It's Halt and Catch Fire. Uh, a show which, hey, surprisingly, talk about being predictable. The Drunk Ex Pastors like a show that's set in Texas, the only southern state that they halfway respect, I guess, because Christian is from there. Um, it, it's a show set in Texas where the only protagonists, the only good guys, that's an, a nuanced way of saying good guys, the only protagonists in the show have mid Atlantic, uh, Midwestern accents. So, yeah, big shocker, big surprise that uh, they would recommend a show on Netflix and then I would get into it. I, I try to, uh, to pull their moves. I try to copy those dudes all the time, but they're way too cool for me. So I will release the second half of the interview very shortly. Thank you for bearing with, and I love you guys. I love you. You want security? Why? Because you don't trust me. You don't know what I'll do. Who knows what I'll do? When there's no trust, you're vulnerable. Just because you play by the rules doesn't mean anyone else will. So what should you do? You should protect yourself. Build a wall. Not like that. Like this. I'm Jason. And I'm Christian. And this is Drunk Ex-Pastors. 